I'm going to invite you to open your Bible in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. The title for today is God's Bad Reputation. I don't know, how much do you care about your reputation? You know, the reputation of someone, I mean, whoever you are, is very important. And for some people, it's huge. I mean, if you say something about me or you say something about somebody else, be careful because you can even get sued. You know that. You know, you said something about me that is not supposed to be like that and I don't like it, so I'm going to sue you. Reputation is really important for so many people on this planet. Reputation, if you are a lawyer, is so important. So important because you are supposed to be defending the truth. You are supposed to be knowing the rules, the laws, and all of that. So when your reputation is there, right there, and the dirt, you know, low, you have a lower reputation, well, nobody's going to believe you that much. Oh, this lawyer is not really that good. Reputation is good. It's a necessity. But what about when we talk about God's reputation? Now, God's reputation at these days is being, I don't know what word to use, is being, uh, not misused, is being, is being treated in such a way that everybody believes whatever they want about God. They can say something really good about him or they can say something really bad about him. His reputation is out there. So let's read this chapter. And if you have like a subtitle in that chapter, it's going to say, The Fall of Man. And today I'm not going to, I mean, I'm going to talk about the fall of man, the way what happened, but we are not going to emphasize necessarily in how the men fall and what happened, details, no, but we are going to emphasize in what happened with God and his reputation then. Verse number one, chapter one. Oh, sorry, chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Let's stop right there. How do you imagine this serpent? How do you imagine this serpent? Many of us, we know and we study that the serpent was one, was one of the most beautiful animals that God created. The serpent was flying even. You know, it had some wings and it was flying. I mean, many, many ideas you have about the serpent. When people study this, this, this passage, they said that the serpent, it wasn't necessarily an animal it was probably just an animal that God created, but at that moment, it was probably, they said, Satan being transformed to show himself as a serpent. And as you know, Satan also transformed himself to be as an angel of light. He transformed himself to be as a person. I mean, many ways. So many people think, well, serpent, that serpent probably was Satan himself. We're not going to discuss that right now. Like I said before, my point is not to discuss those points. But this serpent was smart to the point that sent the question to the woman. And the question I'm going to repeat again is simple. Did God really say 
you must not eat from any tree in the garden? I mean, God really said that? He realized that the woman was, was by herself, maybe walking around, away from Adam. Eve was just looking at the garden, just walking somewhere in the garden. Or she was in the middle of the garden. I leave you with that question. Because I think she was in the middle of the garden. We keep reading. Verse number two. The woman say to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Now, this is a survey for all of you. How many of you think that Eve was telling the truth? Just raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Just raise your hand. How many of you think Eve was telling a lie? Half lie. And it's very interesting about that. Because I don't know how to put it this thing. She was telling part the truth and she was adding something else that she was not supposed to be adding to the word of God. If you go back in your Bible, go back to chapter 2, verse number 16. Let's go for verse number 9. Verse number 9 first says like this. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In the middle of the garden were two trees, the tree of life and the tree of good, and what else? Knowledge and evil. Two trees. Now go to verse number 16, same chapter 2. And the Lord God commanded the man, not the woman. We don't have the woman there yet. The man. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Now I'm going to read the same verse that we were reading before. Verse number 2, chapter 3. And I want you to compare. The woman said to the serpent, serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, that's one, and you must not touch it or you will die. You see the difference? God never mentioned, he never said that you must not touch the tree. That's one thing. He never mentioned that you are going, that, that once you touch the tree, then you are going to die. And on top of that, if you read the same verse a little bit like in the middle when she said, uh, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, that leaves the question open. Which tree is that? When we were reading, the Bible says that there were two trees in the middle of the garden. 
So she doesn't even give the name of the tree. She doesn't say, God said not to eat from the, from the tree, from the knowledge and good and evil. No. She's saying, God says not to eat from the tree in the middle of the garden and not to touch it. And that's a big mistake. That was a big mistake. You know, first of all, my question will be, how come she didn't know, she didn't know the name of the tree? If we, I mean, if it was Adam, the only one who received the voice of God, who heard the voice of God saying, you should not eat from this tree with name and everything, he was supposed to be sending or sharing the same message with Eve. How come she didn't know the name of the tree? But more than that, how come she takes the authority to say, God said not to even touch the tree? My question will be, do we do sometimes the same thing with the word of God? God was simple when he said, don't eat from that tree because you will die. Do we do the same thing when we preach the gospel? Do we do the same thing when we bring salvation and bring the hope to others? Do we do the same thing when we keep adding, like I, meant, like I said sometimes, you keep adding salsa to the tacos? So to give more, more flavor, do we do the same thing when we just try to make sure that people don't get lost? So we tell them, if you do this thing, and on top of that, this and that, you are going to suffer this much. Do we do the same thing? Do we keep adding to the gospel of truth, who is only Jesus Christ and comes through him? She made a huge mistake. Why did she make a huge mistake? In verse number four, now verse number four, we read, You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. Some Jewish writers, when they tell the story about this, the falling of men, they don't only say that the serpent goes to the woman and says, You will not die. But they add a little more detail to that. And they said that the serpent made the woman touch the tree and then said, you will not die. Look, touch it. Very interesting. Because according to them, she was already being lost by her own addings to the word of God. I keep reading verse number five. For God knows that when you eat it, when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. My question again, is that true? How many of you think it's true? How many of you think it was a lie? Now nobody wants to tell you. How many of you guys think like half lie and half true? Pastor, you burn, you know, you, before you ask, and then you made me look bad. But it's, it's just very interesting, the, 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 the things that are happening right there. 
Because now we have the serpent using, using what God said and what she's saying to say, you know what? Your eyes are going to be open. Really? Is that true? And then we keep reading the same verse. You guys are going to be open. Uh, and then you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Is that true that they're going to be knowing good and evil? At the end, the same chapter, when God, after all of these things happen, in the same chapter, at the end, God says, now they know, like us, good and evil. But there is something that he adds here, this beautiful, smart serpent, that he says, you will be like God. You will be like God. Doesn't mean anything to you to be like God. What it means to be like God? Doesn't mean to have power. Doesn't mean to do things with your own hands the way you want it and nobody else tells you anything else. Doesn't mean to just, what, have the power to raise your hand and say, I don't like that girl. You know what? That's so bad. Doesn't look that well. So let's just change the hairstyle. What about just doing, you know, oh, brother, look at the tie is not the right color. It needs to be red because it means the, 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 the blood of Jesus Christ. Black is not. means the devil. What it means to have the power of be like God. Live forever. Have eternal life. Have the power of doing things that you cannot imagine. Among all of these that we are talking about men failing, you know, to be faithful to God, we have God being put in a spot where he becomes to be a liar. He becomes to be someone who is just playing with these two creatures and he is a liar. And this is nothing new, brothers and sisters. Because the same thing happened today in your life and in my life. His reputation is being manipulated in such a way that when something happened in your life, automatically comes the question, is there really a God? Is there really someone who is so strong? You know, he is the one using you. Look at you. What? If you are a testimony to others and you are sick the way you are, do you think that's a good God? The God that uses you be sick like that so you are a testimony to others in the middle of suffering? You see, God's reputation is out there. But his reputation is being, is being or is going to be. Look for everybody else the right way according to what you do or, you, or, or, or what you believe. His reputation is going to be down on the floor if the things that you do or you listen to everything else and you start saying or thinking things that is going to take your life in a different direction. Here we have a woman standing in front of a smart serpent and allowing this serpent to take her the way he wanted or the serpent wanted. 
to the point, according to the Bible, verse number 6, that she does this. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to the husband who was with her and he ate it. Many men, when they talk about this, they blame the women, right? Eve is Eve's fault. She was weak. But what can we say about Adam now? We don't even have here an argument. We don't, really, we don't even have a few words that Eve said something and Adam said, no, how come you're doing that? And then, you know, I struck the first fight in, the, in, this, in this Bible story, or the first fight on this planet. We don't have nothing. Everything is so peaceful, you know, hey. Okay? I eat this, eat it. And when she saw the fruit, I'm, I'm, I'm going to repeat this, this, this verse again. When she saw the fruit, it says here, the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. Three things. Good for the stomach. So good, yummy. Many people think it was an apple. <laughs> You know, and they portray that as an apple, a beautiful apple. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shiny apple. Big, juicy. The Bible don't say it was an apple, it was fruit. What kind of fruit? I don't know. I can't even imagine it was tasty, good for the stomach. Now I want you to think about this. We have the man failing, or this woman failing by that. And then years later, we have a Jesus Christ being tempted by someone saying, if you are the son of God, transform those rocks into what? And then the Bible also said that it wasn't only good for food, it was pleasing to the eye. Like, wow, impress me. Yes, I am impressed. Wow, oh, I wish. Oh, yeah. And then you go back. With Jesus Christ's temptation, he's on top of the building. So just throw yourself. God loves you so much. That's my own version. So much that he's not going to let you even touch the floor. He's going to send his angels to save you. That's very pleasing to know, isn't it? It feels so good to know that. But then also says the Bible that for gain, also desirable for gaining wisdom. Power, have many things. And you go back to Jesus Christ or go in the, in the future. And what we have? Satan showing him what? Everything in front of him. If you only worship me. Very interesting. Because it seems that us as human beings, we are being tempted many times by what we look. That looks good. You're driving, and don't you see these big hamburgers? I'm just, I'm just saying, big, huge hamburgers. I remember even they having this uh, butter, no, not butter, uh, in and out. You used to have this hamburger with a, a 3D thing, even with a smoke coming. Have you seen that one? Like, wow, it's hot all the time. That's huge. But the eye, but what you see. 
And then you have like, like these things, you know, like, 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 like these commercials. I'm just adding some things here so that way we, we understand how, we, you know. Th- then we have these commercials of, of I mean, these billboards with, with people drinking Budweiser or whatever it is. And they're all happy. I mean, that, that must be a pleasure to drink that. But they don't have the rest of that, which is you are throwing up in the toilet. They only show you the pleasure of doing it and enjoying the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And girls all around you, remember? I mean, it's just, just, just the way. Or when they, show, they try to sell you a car when you go on TV and the car is beautiful. And, you know, you are there to watch the car, but you can't avoid to watch the girl next to the car that sometimes they are in bikini. And this car is only $15,000. You're like, Wow. And then wisdom and power. Isn't that something that you wish you can have? Oh, if I am the boss in that company, things will be different. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that sometimes what happens in our human nature? Interesting. Interesting. But then the Bible keeps saying now, I'm going to keep reading. After they ate that, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. As you know, the idea behind that, you know, that we all know that they were naked before, the idea behind of having this light covering is nothing new in the Bible. You remember the, 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 in English, transfiguration, transfiguration? Yeah, close enough. Okay, that's good. Remember, light being with Moses and Jesus Christ, light is nothing new about that. So many of people who studied, they said, well, they did have this light covering it. But then suddenly when they commit the big mistake of sinning, that light was gone and suddenly they see each other, Ah! You're naked! My wife, I, I, was, I was asking my wife, you know, and, and this, is, this is just a parenthesis, you know, because when you, when you study this, you just can't help it to think about some other things. And I was thinking, honey, maybe, maybe Adam and Eve, they were really ugly. She's like, why? They, they were supposed to be perfect. No, maybe they were really, really ugly. I mean, ugly, they, I mean, everything. You know how love, they say, is blind? Before seeing, they were without light. They couldn't see anything. But then when they sing, suddenly they see each other. Ah! You're not only naked, but you're ugly. What's going on? That's just an adding. That's not in the Bible. Okay? Don't go this place and say, Pastor Dante is saying that they were ugly. But it's just amazing that before they sin, we have them covered with light. They don't see any nakedness. But after they sin, they have, I mean, they figure out and they realize they were both naked. And they automatically start grabbing some leaves and just put it. To, where do they get everything else? I don't know. The Bible don't make. They just put together a bunch of leaves and they, can you imagine like a tree? That was the first custom that they made. Do I look good? Yeah, you look green. 
You might, you must be some of those people from Greenpeace or something that has to do with environment, right? But the Bible also said that after they did that, verse number eight, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? That was the first time that somebody played hide and seek in this planet. Think about it. They put something that has to do with leaves. It's green. The best way to hide is go under something green. And according to the Bible, those are the trees in the garden. They are hiding. Can you imagine? I just, I'm sorry, but you have to imagine. They were hiding like this or they were just trying to avoid God and they thought that God was so full that he couldn't get it. So they probably stand next to the trees like this. Think about it. We're talking about smart people here in the Bible who they make a huge mistake and they try to hide. I hope God won't see me. The beauty of all of this is that God, the God that you and I know, is not appearing there suddenly in the middle of their mistake with lightning and thunder. You, Adam, Eve. The Bible gives a picture that we all need to understand. He is walking through the garden. And not in the middle of the day, but in the cool of the day. When the Bible mentions cool of the day, many people usually think that they use that term, cool of the day, because for them, for the people in the Middle East who they wrote, usually is the afternoon. When everything is fresh, the sun is coming down and it's getting cooler, better. So we have the picture of God walking in the middle of the garden, looking for Adam and Eve and a cool, beautiful day. And he only does one thing. He asks, where are you? Where are you? Adam, where are you? Guys, are you hiding? Where are you? He doesn't show up there saying, I know what you have done. You better come here. Ah, he doesn't appear to them like saying, bringing, you know, like last time I was telling my dad, just taking the bell out and saying, come on, where are you? Because that happened, that, that's frightening. Believe me, I ran many times for that bell. I ran to my room. I made the wrong mistakes. He pushed the bed when I was going around and he got, he got me one corner and sass, sass, it's frightening. No. We have a God who walks in the middle of the garden, asking a simple question, where are you? Kind of like saying, why do you hide from me? Why do you run away from me? Why? And the interesting answer is the one that follows. He answered, this is Adam. He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, so I hid. Hid, thank you. So I hid. I was afraid. 
Do you live your life afraid of the God who is calling your name? Every time you leave this church and you go back and you make a mistake, are you afraid that God is going to appear to you and say, you, no more hair, only one hair with a, with a lot of dandruff. I mean, is he the God that is going to be walking around just looking for you so he can punish you every time you make a mistake? I was afraid. I know she keeps laughing about the dandruff, right? Just pay attention to what I'm saying right now. Now, I was afraid. If you remember your Bible, the Bible said that the only thing that is going to take your fear away is what? Remember? Love takes the fear away. And the only one that I know that is love, who is that? Good, you know that one, right? That's good. God is love, and love takes fear away. These people were afraid. God wasn't part of their lives anymore. They made a mistake. But there was a father who was walking in the middle of their mistake, in the middle of their paradise, and was asking for them, where are you? Where are you? You see, at these days you can tell me right now for sure that we are not living in paradise. We are not living in paradise. But in, mid, in the middle of this planet, he is looking for you. He is looking because he already have a plan for you and me. You see, what they didn't know is that God already planned that if something happened, somebody was supposed to be dying for them. And they were afraid. You know, many times you probably think that you know everything. And if you don't know everything, and you make a mistake, it's probably somebody's fault. That's the story ends up like that, if you remember. God asking, who told you that you were naked? Adam saying, the woman. The woman saying, the serpent. Like pointing their fingers to each other. Like, and sometimes we do that. But you know what? It's not about that. It's about how well you know God in your life. It's not about pointing a finger at somebody. It's his fault or it's my mother's fault because she raised me like that. Or it's my dad's fault because he raised me like that. Or it's the pastor's fault or it's the first elder's fault or it's the elder's fault or it's the brother's fault. It's, it's somebody's fault. It's not somebody's fault. It's about you and God and how much and how well you know him. If you know him the way I do, the way it's portrayed in the Bible, someone who wants the best for you, someone who has so much grace that sent Jesus Christ to die for you, 
You don't have to be afraid. You have to believe. And the only one who can save you, Jesus Christ. His reputation, I keep repeating, is being misused out there. But it's for you, like, like, like for me also, the same way. It's for you and me to trust in the only one who can help you, not only, I mean, not only you, but who can help everybody else on this planet. God is sending Jesus Christ for the second time soon. And he wants you to be ready. Stop thinking, stop being afraid of God. If you are bringing this idea from maybe some other culture or maybe some other mentality that God is someone to be afraid, you better think a little bit different about that. You know why? Because when Jesus came, he came to change that kind of mentality too with the Jews. He came to show them that God is love. He came to show them that God is merciful. He came to show them that he can still forgive all his sins and still be saved. It's not late yet. So today, even that God's reputation is being misused and is so bad in front of everybody else, God wants to use these bad moments, wants to use that bad reputation because the God, God is good. God uses bad moments and good moments, good things and bad things for his glory, for his glory. Even that God's reputation is misused, and maybe you don't believe the same thing about God, I want to give you the opportunity to just talk to him today, once again. Talk to him and tell him, what you are going through, your problems, your sins, and ask for forgiveness. He has a plan for you. Just don't spend too much time. and Don't, don't think you know everything. God knows more than you do. Just to tell you, last, uh, last week I was eating in a restaurant, and these three young adults were sitting with another lady uh, older, older than them. And it's one, I was eating there, reading the news, and through all my dinner, like an hour or so, whatever, it, it, I mean, eating there, one of them was having the answers for everything. He knows how to cook. He knows how to use my space. He knows how to change a motor. He knows how to, how the, the, the I mean, elections are going to, he knows everything. And I'm not lying. He was talking when somebody said something. No, 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 but it's not like that. You know what? What I did is, this is the way to put, he was talking and talking and talking. Prayer is not about talking and talking and talking. You and I, we don't know everything. But it's only one who knows the best for us. And I want you to talk to him. I'm going to give you a minute or so to pray. And then I finish with a prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. At this moment, O oh Lord, here we are before your presence. 
we can't hide like Adam and Eve because we are sinners. Help us not to make a fool of ourselves trying to avoid you and trying to think that you're not going to know. Help us realize and know that you are a father who is looking for us, who has a plan for us, and who is willing to change our lives and save us. Help us not to listen to anybody else. Help us to avoid maybe even those people who are so negative, are so strong about saying the things that are not supposed to be said about you, O Lord, to the point that they make us doubt about you. Help us, O Lord, in the middle of our problems, spiritual problems, financial problems, family problems, physical problems, sickness. Help us to listen to your voice asking, where are you? Help us to be open and bring our souls, bodies and minds before your presence so you can do something with us. Lord, thank you because we know that you listen to our prayers always. Bless this church. Bless each one of the people here, your children. And as we leave this place, help us to give living testimony. Living testimony that you are alive. That you are still doing miracles in our lives. And that you are coming soon for the second time. All of this I want to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.